Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you stories of inspiration, education, and my one big word of all is to give hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, your creative global agency located right here in downtown Chandler. Today, my guest is Tim Oldham, and in 2015, he was diagnosed with CSF leak. What is that? This meant that he had spinal fluid that was leaking from his spinal cord into his brain cavity and out his nose. It was the result of an injury and it caused a brain tumor to grow. He was taken to Tucson for the care and was given a 5% chance of surviving a surgery. Upon hearing this, he told his doctor that God had made some promises to him and that he had things to do. So please let me Help me welcome my guest today, Tim Oldham. Sorry, Tim. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And you know what? We have interviewed before when I was on a different platform getting started on this, that I came up to where you are up there in the Pine Top Sholo area with my laptop yes. and doing it from yeah. my laptop. So thank you for being patient and being a returning guest to my show where everyone can see you on the new platform and hear your story. So thank you for your time. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yes, because your story is actually quite unique. And recently I, I said, shed some tears because you were in connection with a lady based on your story and then her story. And then you were connected, which is why I'm doing what I do. And it makes me so joyful. So back in 2015, you were diagnosed with what you mentioned, CSF leak. Tell me more about what is a CF leak, CSF leak. Sorry about that. Well, what it is, it's, um, your, it's spinal fluid that leaks. Your, your body, everybody's body has a certain amount of spinal fluid. And whenever you start leaking it out, it starts causing all kinds of uh, bad issues to where you have bad headaches or you're um, moody up and down really bad or um, you're not functional at all. And, and in my case, it was um, such extreme to the point to where um, it made medical history first off because Nobody had ever lived with a, a CSF leak for as long as I had had it, which was uh, over 10 years. You know what, Tim, and when you think of a spinal leak, I would never think of any kind of leak at all. So this is all new to me. And like you just said, it made history. I think it's something that we don't know even exists. And you said, was well, there- yes, it, it does. It does exist, yes. But um, it's just not something that's very, very common. Okay. Was now this something that came about in an injury from a, tra a trauma situation, a car accident, or is it just something over time? Do you know? No, I got bucked off of my horse, landed oh. on my head, and um, the doctors wanted to do a, uh, a sh give me a shot of cortisone in the spinal column so that are in the neck so that that way it would quit hurting. Okay. But um, he messed up and put the shot in the spinal column and it never sealed, the leak never sealed. So that created a leak. And so it never sealed. And for that many years I had that leak and it just would cause um, my sinuses would rot. 
And so over a course of four different surgeries, because my sinuses kept rotting, finally on the fourth one, I told him, hey, you know, something else is wrong. This is not from allergies or from something else. This, there's a problem, something's wrong. We need to find out what it is. And once they started exploring into more detail, then they figured out what it was and realized, oh geez, this is, this is not good. So I'm going to assume you thought your nose was just running all the time, which you would have thought, as anyone would be, allergies. Is that what I'm understanding? Correct. Okay. Correct, yes. Was it painful? It was, um, um, I wouldn't say painful, but um, some days you have very serious problem with uh, no energy, or some days you would be... Um, a person that would want to go and sit in a corner and not talk to nobody or not be around anybody, or some days you would be really, really um, agitated, very easy. And and so you're on a roller coaster, basically, because some days you're happy, some days you're mad, some days you're uh, mad at the whole entire world and you don't want nobody to talk to you. And so you end up um, not being a happy person. So it affected your emotions as well? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Okay. So when you were rushed to Tucson, where was it that they realized that you needed to go to be seen right away? Um, well, it was the UMC is where they sent me to. Okay. University Medical Center in Tucson. Now, and my, I just want to back up real quick. You're located where again? In Sholo. Okay, so that's a bit of a commute to just be... So it's a three-hour drive. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. So as far as um, how they figured it out, um, it was actually my ENT who had finally figured it out that um, realized, okay, whenever I kept telling her there's something else wrong, it's not allergies. And um, a friend of mine had told me, why don't you ask your doctor if they can test you for a CSF leak? So whenever I went to the doctor and I said, okay, look it, we got this um, sinus problem again and it's the, the rot is coming back. And so um, I want you to test me for a CSF leak, which at that time I had no idea what a CSF leak was. Mm -mm. And my doctor, smiled and said, Tim, you don't understand. If you had this, you'd be dead. Really? And I told her, well, you know, I've done this three times and now we're about to do it a fourth time. So humor me and let's do it anyways. Right. Test me anyways. Okay. And so they did. And, and it was really sad because um, all along from the very first time second time and the third time whenever I had gone and gotten a uh, an MRI and a CT scan the the doctor that read the CT scan had actually said especially on the the last time he said this is a certain sign of a CSF leak you might want to seriously consider looking into this and so then whenever uh, they figured it out, oh, wow, that really is a CSF leak, but how have you lived with it this long? Right, that's what I'm thinking. 
And so then they sent me to Tucson and says, no, this is way above us. We, you got to go someplace else. And then they did their test in Tucson and realized, oh yeah, this is what it is. Then and what? so, well, I, they admitted me into the hospital and got me stable and everything. And um, it, this was on a Thursday and they sent me home on Thursday and told me, okay, we want you to go home and you're stable, good enough to function for a few days, you'll be fine. We're calling in some surgeons to do surgery and we're gonna schedule you to be on surgery or in surgery on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. So you have to come back Tuesday morning to do surgery. But whenever you come back, you have to bring certain things with you. Okay. And I thought, okay, what am, what am I supposed to bring? An and overnight said, bag uh, that's going to last longer than a couple of days, right? Right. Well, that's what I thought yeah. too. And then the doctor says, no, you need to bring a power of attorney, a living will, and someone who can make a legal choice for you. Wow. And I asked, well, what do you mean? And so then I stopped and thought about it and I says, oh, okay, doc. What kind of uh, percentage do we have with this surgery? How long am I gonna be in surgery? What is the, talk to me. Mm -hmm. And he said that, um, okay, we're scheduling you for a three hour surgery. And ultimately I was in there for seven hours. Okay. Uh, um, and then he says, we're gonna give you a 5% chance. And I asked, well, what 5% of what? 5% that surgery is going to go good for 5% that I'm going to be healed or what? Right. And he says, no, we're going to give you 5% chance to survive. I right and then so, would have said, don't even do the surgery. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Well, and that was my next question. And I says, okay, so what if we don't do surgery? And he says, you'll be dead in about two weeks. Okay. And I asked why, and he says, because you have such a CSF leak that your body can't make CSF fluid fast enough to replace what you're leaking out. And so um, we have to fix this. Mm -hmm. And he says, but that's not quite the entire problem. And oh, I there's said, more, okay. What do you mean that's not the entire problem? He says, well, CSF fluid is very very sweet it's sweeter than honey is and so that's why it made everything rot but what it's doing is it's feeding a tumor that's growing in the two halves between the two halves of the brain oh and so today the pressure will be on one side of the brain and then you're pissed off at the world and then tomorrow the pressure from the tumor will be on the other side of the brain and then you want to go and sit in a corner and not talk to nobody or, or so it makes you extremely moody hmm. and then after he gave me all of this information and i thought man that describes me really really well i understand <laughs> that and so um I asked him, well, what's the uh, success rate after we do surgery of me recovering? What's my recovery rate? And he explained, he says, well, we have only found six instances of this combination in the entire world. 
So six. you're number seven. And I told him, okay, that's all right. I, I told him over and over and over, don't worry about it. I will pray and you doctor. I will do my part and you do your part. And he, I guess it's kind of sad because he, he basically mocked it and says, um, it doesn't work like that. Oh, okay. And okay. I told him, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. I said, just watch. I will prove it. Mm -hmm. I will pray you doctor and we'll be fine. And he says, now back to the six, he said, uh, none of those six lived. And I said, okay, see, I told you I'm number seven. I will pray and you doctor will be fine. And so anyways, I came back on Tuesday and uh, did surgery. And I was in surgery for seven hours. And so after I woke up, the first thing the doctor told me was, um, go buy a lottery ticket. And I asked why? And he said, because we'll bring 7 million people in for a surgery like this and one will live. And I told him that's not 5%. And he said, I know, but I had to give you a number. Oh, wow. And, and so I told him, no, you didn't. I told you I would pray and you doc, <laughs> we will be just fine. So the the next day, and, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of it because there's a lot more of it than sure. that took place, but I'm just paraphrasing it so people get the gist of it. Um, the next morning, my doctor comes in and crosses his arms and sits down at the foot of my bed and tells me, okay, Tim, I have one hour. Tell me about your God. Mm. And so I had the opportunity to sit there and, and explain to him why I believe the way I believe and, and the promises that God had made to me. And um, when he got up at the end of the hour, he stood up and he looked at me and he says, you realize what you've done. And I looked puzzled at him and I says, I don't understand. He says, what you've done is by living and surviving through all of this, you've created such a, an amount of work that we have to do now, which which is a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah. now they had to rewrite the medical journal mm. and re-educate neurologists all over the world to explain to them just because a person doesn't physically show signs of dying doesn't mean they're not. Oh my gosh, that was very powerful. Because in my case, in, in there's, there's one statement that the doctor had made to me. He says, you know, I'm gonna be real honest with you, Tim. There's only two things in this world that's kept you alive. Okay. And I said, what so, how, what? He said, I don't even know you but there's two things that have kept you alive and that is coffee and God. Okay. And I, I said, okay, I understand one, but why the coffee? Right. And he says, because coffee has an enzyme in it that most people associate thinking that it's caffeine, 
But yes, coffee has caffeine in it, but there's another enzyme in it that force sparks your brain, won't let your brain quit. Interesting. So when I was admitted into the hospital, my kidneys, my liver, and all of my internal organs had stopped. I was a walking dead person. But my brain would not stop. Because the three or four days leading up to me going into the hospital, I sat on my couch and all I would eat for three days was just instant coffee with a spoon. Eating and no, it. not with not with water. Ooh. Just coffee, instant coffee, and just kept eating it with a spoon. Okay, so there's a couple of things I want to add here. Okay. I, I love my coffee, but I'm not gonna be eating it with a spoon. <laughs> just Why so not? You know. <laughs> Isn't it amazing the things that you can believe in. And we always hear people say, you know, just believe, just believe, but they don't realize how powerful that the believing part is with the way we think, truly, truly think. You've got your brain, which is the computer of all on our, in our bodies. Like you just said, that was what was going while everything else had shut down. Coffee was helping it stay ignited, like keeping it plugged into the uh, outlet of the wall. that's how, I'm, um, that's how I'm envisioning it right now anyways. You know, so our thoughts are important. They do matter. The brain is something that we have all the control over. Um, you had something that was blocking it and you talked about where the tumor was that was pressure on both parts of the brain that a lot of people don't realize. They say, oh, I'm a left-brained person. Or I'm a right-brained person. We're actually a whole brain if you think about it. But for some True. reason, we yes. have a favor of, of some sort of each side, whatever it is that works for people, but we really have a entire brain that we don't use. And so you almost lost yours and you've got coffee that kept it ignited. So I guess I'm gonna have to back up here. Um, Did you always drink, or excuse me, always eat raw coffee or was that part of what has been going on? That's why you were doing it and didn't know it. I always would drink it in my cup. Sure, But, but most of us do. But like most people, but my body, it's like a pregnant woman whenever she's craving pickles or ice cream or something, something like that. Okay. And my body was craving coffee so bad that I just got the container and just sat there and would eat it with a spoon. Can I tell you something? And yes. Not only are you a miracle, you just proved that to be, and your faith, like myself, is very strong. Um, welcome to the second part of your life or to the life that we all take for granted. Oh, absolutely. And, and now my motivating factor is, is I want to teach people no matter what they're facing, no matter what the doctor tells them. And and in my case, um, the doctor told me, he says, Tim, you're the only person I've ever met like with the mentality that you have. And I said, I don't want to mean. He said, every single person that I've ever given 5%, 10% or 1% chances of living, they died. And I asked, what? Isn't it funny how we could tell somebody something? We believe it. I just said, you know, believing. They accept it. Yes. And there's people that will say, no, I'm not going to accept that and fight against it. Yeah, that would be me. Oh, wow. And, and, And he said, you're the only one I've ever told that would not accept what I said. 
I'm the same you way. Said, I'm a fighter. No, I will pray, you doctor. Yeah, I love that phrase. Coffee. And and so it, it's in God's control, not mine, not the doctors or not anybody else's. It's in God's control. No. Before all this happened, you were you were an engineer, weren't you? Yes. Okay, but now what do you do? I do metal art. Metal art, yes, you do. Which brings me to a foundation that you have founded. Tell me more yes. about this foundation, and then tell me the backstory on this. This one touches my heart. Okay, the backstory first is um, when I was in the hospital and I was laying in my bed that same day, the doctor came and sat at at the foot of my bed after he had left, then um, there was 11 year old little girl, they were sending her home to die, to be on hospice, mm -hmm. because she was inundated so bad with cancer that they was not, there was nothing they could do for her. And I laid there and I just started crying and said, God, this is wrong. I'm an old person and this is a little child. We have to do something to give people hope. And he said, okay, I will show you a design and you make it and give it away. Mm -hmm. And so that's how the cancer angels started. So now I make cancer angels and I should have brought one so you could see it, but I, I make cancer angels. And then I started the uh, cancer angels foundation so that that way, and it's a nonprofit 501 C3. Uh, C3 things so that that way if people wanted to donate or, or wanted to come and help make some or wanted to just say okay we'll help you make some mm -hmm. and I've given over 11,000 of those things away in six years now. And I got to actually spend some time with you um, in the 2020 yeah. era and I got to help you make some of these and some of the artwork That's that correct. you do. So I feel yes. special that I got to be a part of that, which isn't something we all get to do. And um, I thank you for doing that. And with that being said, I had gone back home down here to the Phoenix area and I had taken some of those cancer angels with me and gave them away. And one of them reached another individual. I get excited on this one because you just recently met a person who was the recipient of that. Um, yes. I cried when I got the video that you, you guys had sent me that you'd met for the first time. And this was a project you worked on with a gal named Christy Smith. And um, she is a, um, a client of my nieces who is a massage therapist that was going through breast cancer. And she wanted to know who you were. So I put the two of you in touch. I had no idea what you guys were going to make uh, out of this meeting uh, over the phone and over emails that you physically met last week. And please tell me what yes. that project is that you guys worked on and, and revealed and what you're gonna do with it for future. Well, it was her idea that um, she wanted to have a uh, courage bell, not just a cancer bell, but a courage bell mm -hmm. in all of the doctor uh, cancer facilities. Mm -hmm. So that that way when a patient was um, even if they're not cured, but they had a good day or had a happy day or something exciting happened for them, they could ring that bell just as a symbol to, to stay encouraged and stay hopeful that, the, that their walk will, um, they'll be healed through their, their uh, trials. And so 
um, Chrissy called me and asked me, she says, Tim, can you make one of these for us so that that way we could put these in some of the doctor's offices? And I said, sure. So we put two cancer angels on it and then put a bell right in the middle of it and then wrote the words courage bell underneath it. And um, the first one we made for a facility down in, in the valley. And then um, now that facility has opened up four other offices. And so they called Christy and asked Christy if we can make some more. Mm -hmm. And so we made four more of them. And that's uh, how Christy and I actually physically met because they were having their grand opening in the office in Flagstaff. And so I went there and Christy went there and we all got to meet with each other and hug and, and uh, talk and jabber and all that kind of stuff. And, and it was very, very exciting because then it made that doctor's office realize just exactly how important and, and emotional it is to get one of the cancer angels because they have a real life story behind it of a person that actually went through there and went through that uh the problems and and it gives the people some 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 good hope some encouragement and and that was the whole idea of coming up with the cancer angel and then with christy's uh, courage bell and i think it's a beautiful thing because you actually both of you stood before about a hundred women or patients patients oh people not just women because oh, there was okay. doctors and all of the nurses and okay. all of the the um the medical facility, all of their staff was there. I love the way and that so, it connected and became a full circle that I got to witness, which is yes. why I founded what I did because of my journey, but I know yes. I'm not the only one. So it was it was such, I, I cried. I couldn't see I was crying so hard because I got to see why I'm doing what I'm doing, how many of the lives talking to you and how many yes. it affected and how many it goes. So now with that, I also understand that your story, such as my own, has the opportunity to be a part of being made into a movie. Is that correct? That is correct. Give me a little bit and more information before I ask you my final question. It's called Coffee and God. And Coffee. so the, the gist of it is to show some people, or as many as we can, hopefully millions of people, to show them that just because you're going through a trial or, or a bad situation or you've lost everything, but you still have your hope. Mm. And, and it's, it's the motivation factor is, is to, to keep people encouraged and show them that there is hope, that God is still in control no matter what the situation is. And, and try to encourage people. Absolutely, and you know, when you talk about the courage bell, it's a bell that says, don't quit. That's right. Yeah, don't quit. You made it never, today. Never, never. No. Uh, now, if someone wants to reach out to you to know more about your foundation or maybe want to know more about the opportunity of Coffee and God, where can they go? Well, the best place is, is on Facebook. Okay. They can go look under my name for face, on Facebook or they can look under Snowy Ridge Metal Art or they can look under Cancer Angels Foundation on Facebook. So all three of them are on Facebook to where 
people can go if they wanted to donate they can do it through the uh, snowy ridge metal art because there's a link that goes to the cancer angels foundation or they can go directly to the cancer angels foundation um and then coffee and god is also on facebook but um there's real limited activity on that one because we're still in the stages of expanding it. Perfect. Perfect. So I have one final question. I know I've asked a lot of questions. Do you have it in you for one more answer to another question? Sure. <laughs> I have said this for a long time and this is something that if I only had one question to ask someone to get to know who they are, this would be the question. Okay. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey? Be the example that people want to see that there is good people out there in the world. Someone has to stand up and be an example. So be the example of the never giving up, having faith, having hope, trusting God. Be that example. I love that answer. Thank you for that answer. And thank you for sharing your story again, but yet on my new platform. And Amen. Now, yes, I love it. I love the way that things work out. And I love that I got to see something full circle with your story. And I know that you're going to continue to do so much more with those cancer angels. And I will be there, if not one of the people that I get to be a part of your project of Coffee and God. Awesome. Or Coffee with God. Sorry. Coffee and God. At Coffee. It is Coffee and God. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Tim, again. Thank you so much. Thank you it, for having me. Absolutely. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story that needs to be heard, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of my show, you may also email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, loaded, located right here in downtown Chandler, your global creative agency. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care. <laughs>